Hello there friends, this is Spencer Michaud and today we're going to be talking about the full moon in the first decan of Gemini. I hope that you are having a wonderful holiday weekend out there uh, and have been stuffing yourself with wonderful amounts of food, enjoying good company, or just taking a well-deserved break. One of, the, one of those things might be a, a good way to spend this time. Um, we're going to go through all of the significations with the full moon in Gemini that's happening on Monday, the 27th. Yes, the Monday, November the 27th in the early morning hours. We're going to take that full moon through the houses, and we are going to help you to understand what you might be expecting as we go through this full moon phase. Um, a couple announcements before I get to it. And then I'll welcome people in the chat. I see some friends stopping in. A few announcements before we kind of dive into it. Um, I am having my biggest holiday uh, sale of the year, or my, my biggest sale of the year in general. All of my Deccan webinars and the Stars and Cards webinar are going to be 50% 50, 50 off until Monday the 27th, from now until Monday the 27th. So if you have been wanting to... Um, support the channel if you've been wanting to download these webinars um, they're each of them are two and a half to three hours long jam-packed full of information mythology tarot fixed stars um, all sorts of good stuff discussion with a, a live group at the time uh, you can find that at my website at the store link that is pinned to this uh, chat or you can find that spencermichaud.com and click on the store 50 percent off all of those pre-recorded webinars so I do this, sometimes I'll do this once a year, sometimes, yeah, usually I do something like this once a year. So this is kind of a, a good opportunity if you're wanting to dive further into the work that I'm doing. And of course, if you would like to make a gift to the channel um, in this season of giving, there's a little dollar sign in the chat that is called the Super Sticker or Super Chat, and that goes a long way to helping to support the work that I do and the time invested and, and um, the research and everything like that. So I super appreciate all of that as well. Um, the easiest thing you can do to support the channel is just hit that like button today and subscribe to the channel if you're new uh, and uh, participate in the chat. Let, let, leave me a comment. Let me know where you're stopping in from. If you have any questions or comments or stories to share, always love seeing your comments and I will uh, see if I can get to as many of those as I can. So I'm going to welcome a few friends here. Uh, Remco is back. What's up, Remco? Um, Remco is a good friend of the channel and uh he's been uh he's been doing some he's been busy lately so it's really nice to see you here remco stopping in from the netherlands it says hi spencer and friends it's been a while since i managed to catch a live as always joining in from rotherdom the netherlands it's good to see you friend uh remco is a, a good friend of the channel and uh i'm glad that you're here um carol from mass hello spencer grateful for your channel i'm grateful for you carol i'm grateful for you stopping by every week and for the good energy that you bring here today. I'm grateful for all of you. And um, it's really an honor to, to be able to interact with you each week. Susanna is here. Susanna is stopping in from Finland. Nice to see you, Susanna. I uh, hope that you're doing well over there in uh, the, uh, the northern regions of Europe. Um, it's probably getting kind of chilly by you, I would imagine. It's getting pretty cold here. 
Uh, Carol Lynn is here, says, hi, Spencer. First time with you live. Found you via Adam. Oh, that's great, Carol. Or Catherine, I'm sorry. Catherine Lynn, sorry. I'm seeing Carol here. My, my wires are getting crossed. Catherine Lynn, nice. I'm welcome. Thank you for stopping in. It's, a, it's an honor to have you here today, and I hope that you will be a regular. So um, it's, uh, we always get some nice, nice uh, folks over here from Nightlight and, and uh, love all of you and hope that, that you know, everything's going well over there too. Um, Tracy is here. Nice to see you, Tracy. I think stopping in from the UK. Uh, welcome and hope you're doing well over in the, your side of the pond as well. All right. So if you are stopping in and you're just watching, make sure that you let me know you're here and that, um, you know, you put some some words there in the comment box. That's a great way to participate. Make Again, make sure you like and subscribe if you're new. And uh, that'll help you to get notifications to know when we're going live and when there's sales and when there's new class offerings and all of those things. OK, so what we're going to do is we're going to dive into the full moon. We'll be here for. Hopefully we'll come in under 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 two hours here. There's a for those of you who are sports fans, there's a there's a an American football game going on at three o'clock that I'm interested in watching. Maybe some of you are too. Uh, and uh, we'll we'll try to get in under the wire. Um, yeah, Tracy says thank you. It's cold over here now. Okay, yeah, we're getting to the chilly season in the northern hemisphere here. Uh, so okay. So friends, let's start talking about the types of things that we're going through right now and what we're experiencing. We have, of course, entered Sagittarius season. Uh, Thanksgiving in the United States is kind of the ultimate Jupiterian holiday where we celebrate our abundance, where we share our, our wealth with each other, hopefully, and are able to kind of um, stuff ourselves silly <laughs> and enjoy the, the, the fruits of the, of the harvest. Um, I do, you know, 100% realize that there's some some challenging history around the holiday that I want to acknowledge, and and that it's it's not um, all sunshine, roses, and rainbows, and we definitely have to uh, deal with some of the the trauma around some of the history of it. Um, at the same time, I think that the 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 essence of sharing and gratitude and getting together with those that you care about is something that I. Uh, support and I think that if we're able to focus on those those positives while also acknowledging the past, maybe we can find the happy medium, uh, you know, and, and deal with the holiday in a way that feels good to us, right? Um, okay, so we have Sagittarius Sun, where we are now dealing with a new host. We we're moving out of the Scorpio season. Sorry, I had something in my eye. Um, we have. Uh, we're shifting over into Jupiterian energy, right? And the difference between Jupiter energy and martial energy, which is the host of Scorpio in traditional astrology, is we are, we are liberating energy now from the Scorpio season where we had to let go of some forms that weren't serving us. And now we are seeking a new vehicle to to infuse that energy into and i think it's ironic as i just as i hear the words coming out of my mouth i'm going to be needing a new vehicle <laughs> because my car is uh pretty much toast and uh so i, I just thought that that's funny like during sad season i'm like oh maybe i just need to literally get a new vehicle um but 
when we are able to let go of the old forms, we will find metaphorical new vehicles in the form of new goals, new passions, um, new things to pursue with optimistic uh, fervor, right? Uh, we are looking for a new, a new host, basically, uh, for this energy. And I say host because there is a, there's a spirit in the first decan of Sagittarius called Loimos. And Loimos was the, the god of plagues. Uh, so <laughs> you know, think about how we have energy that needs to find a host. So I think of Loimos not only as like, yes, you can think about it literally with spreading of disease or something of that nature, but you can also think about con the contagiousness of fire and the contagiousness of enthusiasm. So when we really are feeling uh, inflamed with a passion, it's, it's fun to be able to tell people about it and share our enthusiasm. So that might be some of the things we're experiencing now. Now, one of the things that we're dealing with in the beginning of Sagittarius season, as all of these planets move from Scorpio to Sagittarius, is an immediate square to Saturn. And that can pour a little bit of cold water onto our desire to move forward in a hurry. Like the first decade of Sagittarius, is, it's got somewhere to go and it needs to be there now. It's a, it's a Mercury decan in a Jupiter, fire Jupiter sign. So it's like, let's do it. Let's, let's be speedy. Let's deliver the message. Um, but we have to slow down a little bit and we may get some reality checks to our enthusiasm so while we try to figure out what is, what is possible and what isn't. I've been having a lot of discussions in my household about where to direct our resources um, so that we're able to take care of our responsibilities with the highest priorities first, right? When you have a lot of responsibilities in your life and you have limited resources, you have to really think long and hard about the decisions that you make. And this is one of the things we're probably going through with this full moon is we have a lot of different directions we could travel in, but we have to weigh the pros and cons of each path uh, while before we take the leap. And we also have to consider the bigger picture, excuse me, the bigger picture of how it fits into uh, how we find meaning in life. And this is through the, the, the Saturnian in Pisces energy, Saturn in Pisces energy, asking us to really get clear about our why. Um, because when you're, when you're clear about why you're doing something, the, the method will come to you, right? The method will almost appear like magic on some level. So, so those are the things we're going to be dealing with here. Uh, as we go into the weekend, we're, we are coming off of a sun square with Saturn. We're going to be entering into a Mars square with Saturn as Mars has just moved into Sagittarius. Um, and that's going to color our full moon energy too. We also are, are seeing uh, Venus and Libra conjoining the south node during this time period as well, which could encourage us to release something that we... Uh, we're attracted to or that we desired um, to restore balance and equilibrium because we're dealing with Venus in the final degrees of Libra. So I'll break that all down with the chart, but I just wanted to give you a little preview of that before we get started. I welcome a few more friends here. Rachel Fletcher is here. Hello from Roanoke, Virginia. I hope everyone is having a cozy and delicious weekend. Yes, Rachel. Those of you with Taurus placements, probably if like me, I really enjoy this holiday. I Again, I understand the, the ethical um, conundrum and paradox around it and fully acknowledge that challenge and um, the questions of, of you know, the, the, the origin of it and the problematic origin. 
But at the end of the day, for me, I love to eat. I love to enjoy my partner's amazing cooking. I'm so, so fortunate to have a partner who is a good chef. And just to see her in her element yesterday, getting really excited about what she calls sport cooking, um, it was a lot of fun. And watch the, the Packers take it to the Lions, which was always fun too, because I'm a Green Bay Packer fan. Sorry, Lions fans. Um, but yeah, uh, just sharing our abundance and having gratitude. It's, it's so huge. Sagittarius is a, a, a wonderful opportunity to to find gratitude in our hearts, especially after we've potentially lost something in Scorpio season. When we let go, it sometimes it really magnetizes us to the things that we love in our life. And, and you know, one of the cards of Scorpio shows three spilled cups, but two remaining. And a lot of the advice I will give people with Scorpio placements is, yes, acknowledge the losses in your life, but how can we shift towards gratitude to make sure that we, that loss is, gives us a sense of uh, appreciation and uh, meaning with the things that remain. Uh, Robin is here. Nice to see you, Robin. Hope you're doing well out there, my friend. Uh, Sheila M says, hello, nice win yesterday. Yes, go Pack Go. Uh, had a really nice nice win for the young kids over there in Green Bay, for sure. I was sort of on the uh, the tank, they call it, where if you lose enough games, sometimes you sort of root for losses so that you get a higher draft pick. So in the long range, you get a better player. But uh, I'm willing to step off of the tank if the uh, if the young kids start performing and showing growth. And they definitely did yesterday. Jordan Love had a really nice day. So, yeah, that was fun. Uh, April is here. says, hey, from Columbia, South Carolina. Also found your channel through Adam. Oh, good. I'm, I'm happy to hear that. Uh, welcome, April, and I hope that you uh, find um, some interesting things here as well. Um, hope South Carolina is, how's the weather down there right now? Uh, it sounds like it might be a little warmer than what we were experiencing here. <laughs> it's a beautiful country, though. I've, I've uh, spent some time down there. I used to travel down to Florida because my mom used to spend some time in the Florida Keys. And uh, I would drive through places like North and South Carolina to get down there in West Virginia when I was visiting um, my partner's father in North Carolina. So I've, I've spent some time through there, and it's really pretty, especially uh, Savannah in South Carolina. Really nice, nice city with a lot of Gothic architecture. It's cool. Okay, so friends, let's, let's bring the chart up. And let's kind of start looking at it from broad brush strokes. So there's our full moon in Gemini. November 27th, Monday, new moon, full moon on Monday. I can't use the Duran Duran song, right? It doesn't have quite the same ring. Full moon on Monday. I guess it's the same vibe, I guess. Um, 4.16 a.m. Eastern time. Make the appropriate adjustment for your time zone. And we are, as we look at normally with full moons, we're seeing the opposition between the sun and the moon. Okay. New moons are always when the moon and the sun come together. Full moons is when that moon is full of light and in opposition to the sun. So you can think about the new moon as a seed that had been planted that is bringing awareness to a certain area of our lives. And then we see uh, it come to fruition. When we have the full moon, the fruit is becoming ripe. Uh, and sometimes when 
our intentions and our spiritual intentions run up against the realities of physical incarnation, sometimes that can create a little bit of a paradox in our life that requires us to have some balance. So those are some some challenges with full moons too, is that sometimes it requires us to balance out opposing forces in our life. And we don't always have to solve the puzzle. Sometimes we just have to hold those opposites. So that's, that's important to, re- to recognize. Um, April saying it was perfect weather yesterday, a little over, overcast today. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that. Michelle is here. Thank you, Michelle, for the super sticker. I appreciate that gift to the channel today. Always appreciate your generosity and, and really appreciate you being here today. And I'll try to get your, your cap rising horoscope for the full moon. Um, you'll be second in line today because we're going to start with Sagittarius and then we'll we'll hit Capricorn right after that. So thank you, my friend. Yes, yeah, Susanna is a fan of uh, Duran Duran. Yes, I me too. I think uh, we share the uh, 80s the 80s synth pop love for sure. I'm a big Duran Duran, Depeche Mode, Tears for Fears. All those bands are awesome. Uh, getting getting into music lately again. I think I need to return to uh, engaging with that part of my life and creative creativity a little bit more. Maybe that'll be a feature on the channel in the, in the near future. If that's something that sounds fun. I, I think that would be fun to kind of take a look at some charts of uh, entertainers or something of that nature. Okay. So as I was saying, we have the sun shining a giant spotlight on the first decan of Sagittarius. And you can, you can see... A, the image of Sagittarius 1 in the Eight of Wands, where we see eight wands moving in a, in a, in a quickly in, a, in a, the direction of the target. T. Susan Chang calls this Deccan, um, I believe she talks about this Deccan as uh, the arrow, the strength of the, uh, the, the archer, right? The arrow itself. So in Sagittarius, we have the arrow, the strength, strength of the archer, and then hitting the target. So this is going to be one where we are, we have the vehicle, which is the arrow, and it's going to be speeding through the air. And hopefully through Sagittarius season, we'll be able to overcome our resistance to achieving the goal, and then eventually be able to carry our energy towards the end of the, of the solar year at the solstice. Um, one of the kind of secret significations with Sagittarius that I find is that um, there is enthusiasm and optimism with this sign. It is a fire sign after all. Um, but there is a little bit of world weariness that I have observed in my Sagittarian friends, partners, etc. It's almost like it's there is burdens that we carry trying to, to keep up uh, those enthusiasms. It's not always easy to, to be the, the, the cheerleader when things are going south out in the world. And that is a, feels like a huge responsibility sometimes. And we're also just trying to get across the finish line so we can get the rebirth of the, the lengthening of the days at the winter solstice in the northern hemisphere. So it, it, it is a time for looking forward to our goals because in, in the northern hemisphere, the leaves are off the trees, we can see great distances. So this is another signification with Sagittarius is being able to see the big picture and, and see what might be happening out in the future for you. But there's also a reflective quality too, where we're kind of understanding and, and integrating 
our experiences. Okay, so Sagittarius to me is a is a is a sign that is very much interested in going and doing something and learning from doing rather than maybe learning from a book or an idea or learning secondhand. So this might be part of the tension between the moon in the first degrees of Gemini and the sun and Mars. Mars is going to be co-present. So there's going to be extra energy towards wanting to just get going. We want to just get moving, right? And so the, the moon is going to be saying, hey, uh, there's a lot of different ways to look at this, this issue. So the moon decan, Gemini 1, is going to be related to the eight of swords, where you see a figure that is blindfolded and bound. And you can see little tributaries of water near her feet and a big castle in the background. Those tributaries are related to the, the spirit or daimon in this decan, which is called Tethys. And Tethys was the goddess of rivers, right? The goddess that, that split the ocean that surrounded, that the ancient Greeks believe surrounded the, the planet uh, into different tributaries. So that makes a lot of sense because this is a Jupiter decan in a Mercury sign. So we are having an abundance of options in this decan. Whereas the Sagittarius decan, where Mars and the Sun is, is a Mercury decan in a Jupiter sign. So we're communicating a belief or a desire or a goal. Whereas in the, on the flip side, we're exploring many different uh, pathways. And that can feel a little bit overwhelming. When we have so many different directions or skills or, or uh, resources at our disposal as far as what we could invest our time and energy and effort into, oftentimes we will try to analyze all of the different advantages and disadvantages possibilities. And that can lead to what I call paralysis by analysis. And this might be part of what we're experiencing as we go forward into this full moon is we, we know we've got to, to get moving. We know we, we have to do something, or we might have a desire to do something. But we're really starting to maybe overthink it on some level. We have the, the squares to Saturn, the big T-square with Saturn, really asking us to integrate uh, our inner life into the equation, not just going out and doing something and experience it, saying, why are you doing that? Are you, is the inner journey uh, in alignment with your higher self as well? Um, so, so this is something where I think that we really just have to kind of explore our options and eventually make a choice. This is the way that I see Gemini. Gemini is a sign of exploration, but I also feel that Gemini is through the mythology that, that informs it with Castor and Pollux, the two twins, one of which had to sacrifice some of his immortality so that the other slain twin could live again. Um, and some of the, the uh, syncretizations that Gemini has with the 12th house of the Thema Mundi, which is a, a teaching tool in ancient Hellenistic astrology. And one of the stories that I think about with with the 12th house in Gemini is the story of the myth of Ur, 
where we have a Roman soldier who dies and retains his consciousness into the afterlife, and then witnesses people having to choose lots to reincarnate into a life, and all of the pros and cons and, and benefits and atrocities that they might experience. And one of the things with Gemini is, is it's not that we're just exploring for exploration's sake. It's, it's almost like Gemini has this energy of like, I know all of the different experiences that I could have, and that, that is what's leading to the, to the paralysis. I think that Gemini is given a disservice by modern astrologers who call it a toddler sign. Um, I don't think that that's the case, and I, I, here's, here's why. I do think that some of that energy of the child or the precocious child is seen in the story of Hermes and the way that he was able to be so skilled at a young age. But I will offer, I will counter offer the experiences of the 12th house are not for the faint of heart or for, they're not happy-go-lucky youth, youthful experiences. So I think that just as Sagittarius may be a little bit misunderstood as far as like their, their enthusiasm uh, versus their world weariness, Gemini is also misunderstood as far as it's just precocious exploratory energy versus being someone who is actually thinking about all of these different possibilities because they understand the weight of their choices. And th that is a really interesting way to look at this full moon too. So I think that one of the things that I've thought about with this challenge and having some Venus, or having Venus in Gemini actually, is I think that if we take the all or nothing energy away from our choices and we start to look at them as being as as maybe even thinking of them more in a playful manner uh, sometimes we feel like if we're we're choosing one path over another we'll never be able to revisit that other path or that that project will be completely dead forever and in some cases that's true but in most cases it's not um, so maybe even going in with a lighter touch with this into this full moon where where we don't have to see every single decision that we're making as life or death and that might help us move a little bit forward without feeling like we just have to uh, completely eviscerate our minds and like you know burn out the all of the synapses by thinking about every single little nuance that could or could not happen I know that myself, I tend to think about uh, not only the, the good outcomes, but the worst outcomes too. And, and that can be very paralyzing, right? If we're constantly like bracing ourselves for the, the worst possible timeline, we, we can you know, really <laughs> burn out our nervous system pretty easily. Uh, one of my favorite you know, writers, T. Susan Chang, offers in her book 36 secrets a solution to the challenges of the eight of swords paralysis and she offers it through the other eights so she says there's a couple solutions to this one would be through the eight of pentacles where you see someone who's working very hard on their craft so you you just are getting busy 
instead of thinking about something, you just like get practical and say, okay, I'm just going to, I'm just going to work on it. Right. I'm going to just get to work. And sometimes the solution will come. The eight of cups sees someone walking away from material success, from the material world, going into an inner journey. So if there's something that you just can't figure out the solution, maybe just walking away from it may be the actual solution. And then finally, we, we have that eight of wands energy. Okay, This card is one of change as well. So sometimes we just have to wait for our circumstances to change. We don't necessarily have to think our way out of it. We just have to wait for the, the wheel to keep spinning or the, the earth to keep spinning on its axes and for our circumstances to turn into something else. So those are some ways to kind of deal with some of that paralysis, that overthinking, the challenging thoughts that we may have coming up with this. I will also point out that Mercury, I believe, is still out of bounds. Uh, that's going to be out of bounds until the middle of December. And Mercury in its exile, out of bounds, uh, getting ready for a, a, a retrograde, okay, in Capricorn. So we're going to, the, the degrees that Mercury is hanging out at, uh, at this full moon, it's probably going to revisit uh, in this territory in, in December and into early January. So this may not be the final word too. That's another really important thing to think about with this full moon is that if you make a choice now, there may be some revisiting. So, so you don't, you might as well not, you know, kill yourself over the, over the decision, right? Because it is, it is something where you may just not have all the information that you need right at this moment. And that's okay too. Okay. Mercury out of bounds, we have to be careful with that. We have to be careful about how we express ourselves and how we communicate. Um, Sagittarius is a really passionate sign, and we can get fired up, and sometimes we can communicate outside of our normal communication styles. We can Sometimes it can lead to arguments, or you can communicate outside your, in, outside your integrity, and then you may have to backtrack, or there could be some fallout from that, and you have to make sure that you're re-engaging with your, your higher self with that. So that's something to keep in mind that, that there's a, a flammability to our communication that we, that we normally might not be experiencing. And that's going to lead also to Mars being out of bounds by Christmas Eve, where we're, it could get even more intense with that, with Mercury and Mars. Uh, actually, Mercury goes back in bounds before Mars does, so that's good. But if, if you're experiencing communication and thoughts that are outside the box or outside the norm. Um, think about how your martial energy may be experiencing the same condition and the, the, the fallout of that. Now, the plus side of that is maybe we have some ideas that we wouldn't normally think about that could lead us to innovative solutions, just as we may be able to direct our will when Mars is out of bounds in innovative ways potentially as well. Uh, the, the other thing that is just kind of sticking out to me in this full moon in general besides this big T-square with Saturn, that I think is very much an important part of this, uh, is, well, a couple things. Let me, a couple things. Let me get rid of this here. Mercury is going to be squaring Neptune. So our, th our thinking may not be as clear as it, as it should be right now, or as it could be, potentially. We may be idealistic about what we're moving towards, um, 
and again, Mercury is the host of this moon. So we have to consider the condition of that Mercury. Mercury is going to be in the third 10 degree section of Sagittarius. That decan is a Saturn decan where we're feeling the weight of our responsibilities and we're trying to carry a really heavy burden. So we may be feeling like we have a really heavy burden to carry and it may make us be feeling like we're a little bit like a, a martyr on some level, which are some of the themes associated with the third decan of Pisces where Neptune is hanging out. So we could get a little bit confused because we might be feeling overwhelmed with our burdens. Um, we may also be uh, we may also be sacrificing too much for a goal that that is spiritually important to us, but but where it may just be burning us out. So this is something where I think that it's it's important to be realistic about what you can, the burdens you can and can't carry, and whether you need to really delegate some things. Uh, one of the the issues I've seen with Sagittarian placements too is they just try to to carry everyone's burdens, and that is unsustainable after a period of time they are strong people don't get me wrong they are very strong um, enthusiastic energetic folks for the most part and like like a strong centaur or a horse they can carry heavy burdens but everyone has their limit and their breaking point so what i'm saying is that you it may be confusing about where that limit is and you don't really want to butt up against it uh, at this lunation the other thing that is kind of uh, sticking out to me is Venus is going to be hanging out near the south node. And that's, that is a planet that is hosting right now Jupiter. Okay, And Jupiter is going to be stationing direct in about a month, Okay, it's December 30th. So we're reviewing a lot of the ways that we we create abundance and that we're planning for our future and we might be able to start moving forward again around the end of December. But first, we may have to let go of something. We may have to reduce our dependence on, on either a relationship, okay? We may have to reduce our, uh, our ability to always have to create a win-win situation or think about other people's needs before our own. Okay, we've got the North Node in, in Aries right now, and it's encouraging us potentially to, in, for, for, it is encouraging us to increase our self-interest for the purpose of material success. Now, I say that because it doesn't mean that that is always the right thing, okay? Like, in evolutionary astrology, they do talk about, um, the North Node is something that is that you know what you should be moving towards in this lifetime. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think that the North Node, in in the way traditional and Eastern philosophers would look at it, is that it is a place where we uh, are seeing an increase in energy coming into the material plane, and it is also a place of where we have a desire uh, for increase. We have a desire to consume or have more or increase which isn't always good. Um, the South Node isn't always bad. It doesn't always mean that this is something you screwed up in a past life, or I just don't agree with that. I think that the South Node is a place of decrease. So you think about, uh, they are like a, the South Node's like a drain where energy is leaving the physical plane. So when a planet, for better or for worse, is hitting the South Node, it's a drain. 
So if you have a malefic planet hitting the south node, you may be draining out some bad fortune, which can in our in our lives can feel good um, subjectively. Whereas when we have a benefic planet here, there may be something good that is leaving our life that we enjoyed or were attached to or were attracted to, and that can feel painful. Now, what I've been doing to to be able to kind of see the silver lining with this as planets head over the south node, especially in Libra, is saying that we are going to have to reduce our dependency on this thing that once brought us joy to rebalance and reharmonize. Because Libra 3 is all about uh, restoring right proportion. There's a spirit in that decking called Nemesis, where we're restoring right proportion, increasing that which is lacking and decreasing that which is excessive. Uh, one of the things I just think about it with my Leo rising charts, and that's going to happen in the third house around this full moon is probably going to be the time when my severely damaged vehicle that I've loved for 15 years, that was a, was, I was very, very fortunate when I was in a really tough spot uh, 15 years ago. I've had this little Nissan hatchback for about 15 years, and I, you know, I was in a new dad around this period of time and I was really broke. And my, my mom kind of very much out of the blue helped me purchase this vehicle. So there's, there's not only do I have good associations with it and it served me very well as a professional musician, moving, moving, you know, equipment around and just being an extension of me, like, like a hermit crab, right? For me, like the vehicle was like my little shell. Um, but it was a gift from my mom and she she passed the last year so there's like extra sentimentality around it but but um i don't really need a second car if i'm really honest with myself i don't drive that much anymore and um you know we have a working vehicle and it we probably save some money not having to pay for the insurance and whatever and that car was just kind of sitting there for a, a long period of time. So that's an example of, if in my Leo rising chart, of a third house issue, transportation, reducing and leaving the physical plane. But that reduction of something that I loved is restoring right proportion to, to what I actually need, right? And maybe those resources will be freed up to be put into a different direction or even a new form eventually. Maybe I would save up for a different vehicle or maybe it will be repurposed for things that are really need to be fixed in our home or something of that nature. So th this is what I'm saying to you. At this full moon, the, the, the days subsequently after the full moon, after you've explored your options and made your choice, you may, you may decide to let go of something that was important to you uh, so that you can restore balance in your life. We all have to go through this. We all have to let go of things eventually. Eventually, we have to let go of everything. Eventually, we have to let go of these bodies. We have to let go of these relationships. We have to let go of these physical attachments that we have. That doesn't mean that there's nothing on the other side. I, I don't have a great answer for you for what that is exactly. I'm a seeker, just like many of you. But it is a spiritual reality that we will have to at least transform the attachments that we have. Now, I'm a firm believer that liberated energy wants to find 
a new vehicle. I've experienced this myself as I've, whenever I've let go of things, whether they're physical things that just weren't serving me and were kind of a reflection of who I was in the past, or even if they're relationships, when you when you let go of one that isn't serving you or is has outlived its its uh, its time, other relationships come to fill those 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 holes and those gaps. For the most part, I have found in my life, if we are open to it, if we are hanging on emotionally to the old relationship that wasn't working, then we can block that manifestation. But this is where kind of the I don't know the the Taoist in me says. Go with the current of your life. You know, allow yourself to align with the natural cycles of life. And for better or for worse, on this particular planet, in these particular bodies, we are experiencing the cycle of growth and decay. And the sooner we all accept that, the sooner that we will release ourselves from some of the suffering from trying to hang on too tightly to the growth cycles in our life. Okay, so those are kind of my big picture thoughts with this uh, lunation. Um, I'm just checking real quick to see if this is out of bounds or not. The moon, is the moon gonna be out of bounds? So the moon is also out of bounds in addition to Mercury at this full moon. So we could be feeling a little bit emotional. We could be feeling a little bit burnt out with our bodies as well. So a good time to kind of uh, give ourselves some space to feel our feelings, maybe to pace ourselves too. So just checking in with the chat here. We've got our cap risings are here today. <laughs> oh, Susanna says, the best music. No, she says, I love that song in regards to the Duran Duran. Michelle says, the, the 80s synth pop music is the best music. Love the Roxy music, Brian Ferry. Ooh, that's a good one too. Really great band. Uh, for sure, an, an artist. Remco says, yay for Cap Risings. I forgot, Remco, you're Cap Rising too, right? Um, yeah, we'll be able to uh, get to you get to you folks much sooner in the show, which is always nice, isn't it? Susanna's Cap Rising, Michelle's Cap Rising. We got all of my Capricorns here. Uh, Robin says, I love Duran Duran too. Love my 80s songs. Yes, good stuff, isn't it? Michelle says, my 12th house is empty in Sagittarius, and I've always wondered about how this translates. Um, Michelle, I would say that when we have empty houses in astrology, that doesn't mean that that topic isn't important. Um, it may mean that we may not experience that topic as directly as someone who has a particular planet in that house but you will always want to look at the placement of the ruler of that house. So in your case, it would be Jupiter. So I believe if I'm, am I, if I'm remembering, no, I don't know where your Jupiter is. I think this is someone else. I thought, I know uh, this, I was definitely someone else. I, I thought it, that you might have Jupiter in, in Cancer, but um, if you look at where your Jupiter is, Michelle, that can give you some insight into the types of experiences that you might be uh might be connected to your 12th house challenges, uh, like where you might be experiencing a secret enemy or someone who is undermining your confidence or where you might undermine your own confidence potentially. Uh, it could also be important to look at which planets aspect the 12th house. We want to think about planets that, that are making uh, whole sign aspects to our houses to, to talk about whether that, that topic is challenging or not. 
So Michelle says I have Jupiter in my ninth house. So there'll be Jupiter in Virgo. Is that right? So some of the those challenges may come through either belief system or through like an orthodox religion or through higher education or through the law. Those might be where you experience your, your 12th house challenges potentially. It could be through skeptic, healthy skepticism. There might be some skepticism of uh, where with Jupiter and Virgo, I know this is something I've experienced too, where it's just really difficult for us with that placement to surrender to the unknown. We always feel like we have to learn more and do more and be more. And sometimes we just have to allow ourselves to just just be what and who we are. So this is something to consider, Michelle, with Jupiter in ninth and Virgo as the ruler of your 12th house. That could be one of the ways that you find self-undoing potentially. Um, or you could find secret enemies in the clergy or like in spiritual organizations or, or anything where there's an orthodox system potentially. You tell me if that resonates or not. Oh, Carol's a cap rising too. Nice. All my caps are here today. Uh, Catherine says natal north node and Jupiter at 25 Libra. Ooh, so Catherine, you're going to have some extra juice with Venus and the south node hitting your natal natal Jupiter, and you've got like a an opposite nodal, like a, a nodal opposite return. Um, so yeah, this might be some uh, really interesting for not only your uh, topics associated with the house that Libra is in, but you may also want to examine the Sagittarius and Jupiter houses of your chart because they're going to be lit up by Venus and the South Node. So there may be uh, a reduction around those topics or connected to those topics as well. Okay, so that is our big overview with the full moon. Um, so let's take a moment. Let's stretch out before we kind of go further on the journey here. Make sure if you're hanging out with me today that you're getting some movement in. I always like to make sure that I'm moving my body uh, during these longer sessions. Please do me a huge favor, friends, if you are here today. Uh, let's see if we can get get some likes on the video today and make sure that we are all all liked those of us who are here today liking the video so we can spread the word in Loimos style to the more the most people out there uh, if you are new please subscribe to the channel if you're enjoying the work we're doing here today and you want to make a, a gift to the channel to help me with the work that I'm doing uh, you can make a donation with a little dollar sign in the chat that's called a super chat or a super sticker there's always some really amazing, generous folks here in the chat, and I appreciate all of you each week. And I know that, uh, you know, it really is an honor to 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 be able to receive your support as well. And if you can't donate today, uh, just being here is a good present as well. And all of your comments and encouragement and questions, all of that is very valuable as well. So thank you for being here today. Uh, I just want to do, I do want to remind everyone that I am having the biggest sale that I do uh, in the course of the year. All of my webinars, all of the Deccan webinars are 50% off. The Stars and Cards webinar where I talk about the connection between tarot and astrology and do a number of chart examples uh, in that particular webinar is 50% off as well. 
and that's going to be 50% off through the weekend. It's going to end on Monday, so take advantage of that while you can, and uh, that's a great way to support the work, and I'm also available for readings if you need uh, some personal attention. I always love um, getting to know you on a personal level, get to know your chart, and spending some time with you over Zoom, and, and being able to connect face-to-face as well. We have a one level of connection with our chats here, uh, but there's a different level of connection when we when we meet up via via reading as well. Um, let's see. Yeah, we've got the, the people commenting on the Virgo placement. Michelle says, "Interesting, thank you." Yes, raised Catholic, and I'm recovering from all the hypocrites. <laughs> well, so that makes sense, right? Those were, those were that was an undermining influence potentially in your early life. This is something I've really started to feel very strongly about is 12th house enemies are not, you know, ones that we're openly going to battle with. The, the, the essence of a secret enemy is someone who is undermining either our confidence or like trying to, uh, you know, sabotage our, what we're trying to do and our, our sense of empowerment. And that can lead to self-sabotage too. So sometimes our beliefs are the things that undermine what we are, what we are pursuing. And that can be a self-fulfilling prophecy when if we believe that we're not going to be successful, that can undermine the work that we're trying to do. So uh, it is both self-sabotage and being sabotaged from other outside forces, I, th- I think, as well. But, but the good news with 12th house placements is I do think that planets there and planets that are hosting it may be going through a rebalancing, like that nemesis energy that we talked about with, with uh, Libra 3 has a a connection with Saturn and Saturn joys in the 12th house. So I like to think about planets that are, that it, maybe we have had some kind of excessive relationship to, like if it's the sun, maybe we've gone through challenges with ego or, or confidence, like on the flip side. And through our experiences, when we go to extremes, either way, when we go through extremes of of overly identifying with our ego, or when we don't have enough confidence in our abilities, we experience some suffering and we experience some loss that will lead hopefully to a learning experience that will help balance out that energy in the future. So something to consider with those. Oh, let's see. Tracy says, just realized that relates so much to the 12th house rulers. Thank you. Oh, good, Tracy. I'm glad that's resonating. Uh, Remco says, while stretching, make sure to stretch your arm and like the video. Yes, Remco. <laughs> Thank you, friend. Remco does good work here with, with his moderation services. It's, it's good to have you back, my friend. Uh, Catherine says, Thank you. Yes. Okay, so that's resonating. Jolene is here. Jolene says, Hey, Spencer, I missed the overview. This full moon is on my Mercury, which is the chart ruler. Okay. Well, Jolene, long story short with that is Try not to overthink things. There's going to be a lot of options to explore, um, but making the choice doesn't have to be a life or death decision. And uh, you may also be able to revisit the choice that you make. So if you're feeling paralyzed by all the different uh, choices in front of you, sometimes it's good to just make a choice. And then if it's if it ends up being the path that isn't the right one, you can always circle back and, and uh, be able to change your mind later. Remco says, oh, thanks for sharing this. Yes, there is my holiday sale, 50% off all webinars until uh, the 27th. So you can find that link there to the store. Thank you, Remco, for helping me out with that. Um, oh, and thanks, Remco, for the super sticker. I appreciate that gift, my friend. Um, Michelle says, yes, it sure was. Oh, my goodness. Uh, 
uh, horrible experiences with these people. Oh, Michelle is referring to the, says the nuns were so mean and family so dysfunctional, but go to church and all is well. <laughs> right, secret enemies, right? Undermining influences that, that that's, that's the other thing. I, my experience of this too has been exactly how you described it. People where we suffer in the relationship secretly, but to outside eyes, they may have difficulty understanding why we have a difficult experience with that person, right? So, so it could be like someone who's, you know, well thought of in your community that, that, that is secretly tormenting you or something like that. Like that could be an issue as well. So, so I've, I've gone through a few of these types of things in my life. Um, so that's something to really meditate on and really meditating on how do we extricate ourselves from those situations. Sometimes you're, you have to just live through it. I, I've had some challenging ones that my life was very much tied up with the, the challenging person. And I just had to maintain my integrity through that relationship. Even if sometimes I slipped out of it, I had to keep returning to it. Um, and then other times, if there's someone that you can just cut ties with, like that, that can be a, a solution too. Again, th this is really indicative of the, the, the solutions of the eights that T. Susan Chang talks about. You can get to work, right? You can leave, or you can wait for those situations to change just through the, the changing of, of time. Um, Jolene says, overthinking me, LOL, <laughs> right? Oh boy. Yeah. Don't overthink Kyler Murray though. Just keep him as your quarterback and draft Marvin Harrison Jr. in the top uh, five there. And you'll have a nice receiver for the next 15 years. Uh, Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Tracy, thank you so much for the super sticker, my friend. That is a, a, a beautiful gift. Thank you for your generosity today on this, uh, on this beautiful Friday. Okay. So hopefully what we're talking about is resonating with you today. And um, yeah, Michelle says, I cut ties decades ago, just learning uh, learning from it. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's that's all you can do, right? That's all you can do when you have these things. And one of the, the other, the last thing I'll offer with that, Michelle, and she says, from you about the 12th house is bringing, from you about the 12th house is bringing it all up. Oh, well, I'm, I'm not trying to touch on the nerve, <laughs> Michelle, but, but one thing I will say is that what I, the other thing I'll note, I've, I've noticed with 12th house challenges is that they tend to follow us around in different forms. So if we have unresolved trauma from our youth, um, if we had a difficult relationship that has led to a distorted belief system, we will continue to manifest those types of relationships throughout our adulthood. And when one situation gets resolved, it feels like some other situation takes its place. And that's where we're, it's important to self-examine and say, where in our thinking, in our emotions, in our actions, can we make adjustments, remember recalibrating, so that we don't keep getting into those sticky situations? I mean, this is, I, I'm constantly having to re-examine my behavior, my beliefs, my thought processes to see if I can maintain my, my integrity and my equilibrium 
And again, it's we all fall short of that glory, and we all have certain pressures, and we all um, fall prey to the challenges of of either ego or of pressures in our life. But you you get to make a choice of who you want to be after all of those situations, and that might be part of this this lunation story too. Michelle says, "Oh no, not painful, just enlightening to put the pieces together about my twelfth house and what it means." Oh, good. Okay, so good. <laughs> yeah, this is one of the challenging things about being an astrologer, is when people come to you or when you're analyzing a chart, you can get to a core issue much quicker uh, than even like maybe if you were going into therapy or something, because it's just sitting there naked for you. You you see it, and sometimes when we talk about it, we don't always have the the necessary lengthy interaction with a client over time to be able to find workable solutions or to heal that that trauma so you have to be really careful when you do this work of how do you if you if you reveal something to somebody and then you're just like oh we'll just send you off on your way <laughs> you know like we have to be really careful about that and we have to 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 try as much as we can to give people actionable solutions and to to deal with these things as gently as we can. And, and if you are doing this work, sometimes if you see something, there will be times where you just, you can use your intuition to be like, you know what, this person isn't, doesn't feel like they're in the right headspace to be able to hear this message right now. And I might even be making things worse for them by revealing that truth to them. So, so the, there are always, you're always making those balancing decisions when you're doing this work. But other times when you make that revelation, it just it's a lightning bolt of awareness that can set people on a completely different path and one that is uh, much healthier. Oh, Jocelyn. Hello, Jocelyn. Another cap rising. I got my cap rising crew here today. Maybe it's because I'm a cancer son and I just just lighten up your seventh houses and uh, maybe it's a balancing energy, right? My partner is a cap rising. So I think that uh, I, I, I love you folks. I love the fact that you're able to to take responsibility in your life and be able to to engage with the material reality. Um, sometimes that's a challenging thing for me, so I find it a balancing energy to have a lot of cap type people in my life too. Um, but I'm very tuned into the the emotional energy, the the watery part of things, and the maybe even the the hidden and unseen things. So I appreciate all of you being here today, no matter what your rising sign is. But uh, have special affinity for you cap risings here today all right so friends let's take a look at this through the houses what do you say so what i'm going to do is i'm going to pull up the each rising sign and we will take a look at what types of themes might be coming up for you with your individual rising sign. Now, some of you might find some truth with your sun sign um, as rising sign. Oftentimes, if we don't know a birth time, we can put the sun in the first house and that can give us some insights. Um, but this will be most accurate if you know your, your rising sign. And the topics, and specifically the topics, are going to help you to understand what you're dealing with with this uh, rising sign type of approach. So Sagittarius rising, you are now in the spotlight uh, because it is Sagittarius season. 
one thing I do on this channel is I, when I do things like take illumination through the houses, I, I had the really great idea from the community to start with the, the rising sign that the sun is in. And that allows a, a, a fairness for each of the rising signs so that not the, the Pisces risings don't have to wait till the end and the Aries risings don't always go first and everyone gets their turn. And I think that's a wonderful solution. So Sagittarius rising, you are experiencing this full moon in the, your seventh house over your first and seventh house axis. Now, very important to uh, pay attention when you have a new or a full moon or an important transit through an angular house, angular houses being one, four, seven, and 10, because you will probably be feeling this more per, on a more personal level, that energy is more concentrated. So here, there's a giant T-square for Sag Risings between the Sun, the Moon, Mars, and Saturn. Uh, we are also experiencing a potentially a reduction within your social group. Uh, maybe there is a friend group that you're having to release that you really felt an attraction to being a part of, but now there, to, to be able to restore some harmony and equilibrium in your life, uh, you might need to... You might need to take your leave, potentially. Uh, this could be something where there's a lot of choices facing you in a partnership, and you may be, may be feeling like you want to move forward personally and on an individual level, but you have to work with a partner to, to, de to determine which direction uh, you are both going. And this could also be in response to a lot of responsibilities within your home life, and within your family, okay, like the 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 sun sign uh, type of approach is sort of resonating as I think about my own Sagittarian sun partner, and like where she is wanting to move forward with an individual type of new start in her life, but we have a lot of choices that we have to make as a uh, as a unit as a partnership, and we have a lot of responsibilities with our home and our families and things of that nature. So I, I can see that working too. So this is one thing to, to consider. Um, Mercury is going to be squaring Neptune from the 1st to the 4th. So just make sure that you are very clear about your communication around the, the issues with your home or with your family. There may be some cloudy communication with family members or around the the house in general or anything that you consider your foundation or roots so slow down try to try not to carry every single burden around that and, and learn to delegate really important to delegate around this period of time uh, so that you can maintain your mental health okay uh, michelle says love cancers my only child is a cancer rising i need water in my life i'm heavy earth yes well You've got a, a, a somewhat earthy, watery person here. I'm, I am a very watery person, but I do have, I've always considered myself to have maybe one foot on the, on the ground and maybe one foot in the, the stream, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. So maybe, that's, maybe I'm a good intermediary for that. I'm not so watery that it's, I just get overwhelmed by it, but uh, I have a little bit of practicality. Okay, Cap Risings, this is your moment in the sun. Look how quickly we're getting to your uh, <laughs> your analysis here. Isn't that fun? 
Susanna says, my only child is also a cancer rising and cancer son. I am also a cancer son. Yeah, so it's funny how we get those balancing influences. My partner is a cap rising and I'm a cancer son, so I'm lighting up her seventh house. And uh, it, it, is, it is a beneficial uh, partnership. Whereas that, that's the thing, when we look at compatibility, it's not always are your sun signs compatible? Because if someone were to just look at, from the outside looking in, oh, a Cancer sun and a Sagittarius sun, they do have a secret connection um, with, a, I believe it's with counter Antitia. Uh, it could be Antitia. I'm, I'm trying to figure out which one of those it is. But more so, the, the compatibility for us comes from just sharing the same moon sign and from having planets placed in our respective seventh houses. So that's something to look at if you're trying to analyze relationships with the other people in your life. Remco says, I have six points in cancer myself, very much so Cancerian and Capricornial. Good, good. Yeah, and we often have contradictions in our own lives. Some parts of us, we resonate with, with certain archetypes. And another topic in our life, we may be very, very different about it. So uh, we're complex beings, right? Yeah, April says, Contra Antisha. Good, thank you for helping me clarify that. Contra, Antitia and Contra Antitia are when signs are on equal distant points of the either the solstice or the equinox, and they were said to be hearing or seeing signs, but they were secret relationships between the signs that were balancing each other out on some level. Uh, Susanna says, we have a lot in common, Spencer. My husband is a Sag Sun Cap Ascendant. Ooh, that's interesting, Susanna. We do then, because that's, that's my partner's combo. She's a Cap Ascendant, Sag Sun, Taurus Moon. She made, I'll tell you, for those of you who aren't familiar with Tanya Andrews, you should check her out at Third Coast Mojo. Uh, she makes some really wonderful, magical goods, soaps, oils, etc. She's doing really good work there, but those of you who aren't familiar, she is a five-star chef. I am so fortunate to be able to be the beneficiary of her cooking. She made the most amazing, I'm going to give some credit to Venus and Libra because I've had some incredible meals when Venus was well-dignified. Not that she's not a good cook every other day of the year, but this one was exceptional. And she was in the zone and made an incredible meal. So I, I am, I'm riding high on that on that meal from yesterday. So give some props to, to Tanya, Tanya and her uh, amazing skills. She, uh, she, you could tell that she was just feeling in the zone and just really loving what she was doing in that moment. And whenever we love what we are doing, uh, oftentimes the result is much better rather than if we're just doing it begrudgingly or something like that. This is, again, this is something that I'm considering doing moving forward is I might start having a few guests again where we talk about the things that we love. We talk about the musicians, the entertainers, these maybe the athletes, maybe the movie stars, whatever, where we look at charts that we love. And um, I think I really enjoy seeing people light up when they talk about something that they're really passionate about. So that's a, that's a feature that I think is going to be coming in December. So keep your, keep your eyes peeled for that. I've, have some things that are brewing. Okay, Cap Rising, let's talk about your, your lunation. So Capricorn Risings, which is probably like two-thirds of our audience today. <laughs> mm. 
Oh, Remco, thank you for reminding me. Speaking of Tanya Andrews and Third Coast Mojo, everything in their Etsy shop is 20% off until Monday as well. So all of her oils, all of her soaps, all of her everything. If you want to support the work that she's doing as well, you can get 20% off if you've been on the fence about uh, purchasing some of those things. This is a great opportunity to do so as well. And thank you, Remco, for, for sharing that and reminding me. Catherine says, Cancer Moon and Venus don't particularly love cooking, but make a kick-ass turkey dinner. <laughs> nice. Good, Catherine Lynn. Yes. Yes, we had an amazing turkey dinner last night. We spatchcocked the turkey, which if, if you're not hip to spatchcocking, it's like cutting the entire bird in half, and it reduces the, the cooking time by half, and it just really, it's amazing. It, it, it's a great way to cook, and there's we put this like herbed butter under the skin and she made this sweet potato mushroom fluff dish that was super good. There was green beans, there was sourdough uh, stuffing with mushrooms and a little bit of Italian sausage. There was a, a homemade cranberry sauce with vanilla and orange and um, some other things in it. And what am I forgetting? There was the mashed potatoes with homemade gravy from our homemade turkey stock. Uh, there was pumpkin pie in like little cups, but we were, I was so full and she was so full that we haven't even gotten to it yet. So, <laughs> so I was, that, that was, it was an incredible meal. Let me just, let me just say that. Maybe if Tanya is feeling ambitious today, she might post some pictures of it. So check out her Instagram at Tanya Andrews. Um, she she had a she had a one part of the dish for every planet which was super cool like like the uh every part of the meal had an association with a particular planet so it was almost like the meal itself was a ritual so that was super cool um so hopefully she'll post something about that today maybe on third coast or on her individual page spencer is making his audience true <laughs> that's funny Robco. well you know we, this is a good time to, to express our gratitude. And that is something that I'm very grateful for. Okay. Um, Cap rising. So Capricorn rising, 12th house, 6th house lunation. The moon is going to be coming full in your 6th house. Um, you will be experiencing the the Venus south node in your 10th house, and there's going to be a square to Saturn in the third. So we have a big T-square between 12, 6, and 3, and we may be having to let go of something that, that was important to you, maybe in a professional sphere. Maybe there's a job transition or something where you're having to give up a position of authority or something like that, and that that could be a little bit painful, but it could be something that will really bring some harmony and balance into your life. Um, there could be some challenges around your either your short uh, distance trips, transportation, errands, the way that you um, arrange the day uh, of your life, the way that you go about your your daily habits. You may be getting getting real about that. Um, this is actually a pretty good time for Cap Rising to understand how to rest a little bit when the moon or the sun's moving through your twelfth house. It's important to kind of make sure that you're taking enough breaks. Although I will say when Mars is transiting your 12th house, I have found that it can be difficult to get the rest that we need. So 
you may have to take some extra effort to to get the to recharge the battery. Uh, you may be getting some information about a health issue as well with something coming to fruition in the sixth house or with a work challenge. Like let's say you're cap rising and you're transitioning jobs. Maybe you've put some applications out. Maybe there's something that will start to 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 move forward with this in particular, and it could uh, facilitate some changes within your life. Um, now the 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 ruler of your ascendant is is Saturn, so this is something where you may be really focused on your daily habits and your routine, and and really focusing on your why, right? Focusing on why you're doing what you're doing, like what is bringing you meaning. Oftentimes, people who have a lot of earth placements, they'll just grind away at something, and they they don't always think about why they're doing what they're doing. They've often they've been trained early in life to just do it and don't ask questions. And the watery influence that maybe many of you are attracted to here is um, water signs. We're, there's a meaning search. We're always kind of thinking about why we're doing what we're doing. Uh, I tend to really uh, engage with my why and find meaning in everything that I'm doing, almost to my own detriment. That's why I like hanging out with you cap friends is sometimes you, you tell me like, hey, you just have to do this. You don't, not everything has to be hyper analytical or, or super meaningful. Sometimes you just have to take the trash out and clean the dishes. You know, <laughs> like, this, like this is what my partner says to me. You don't have to, there's no meaning in it. The meaning is that you chop wood, carry water. Like just let's get it done and <laughs> we'll get obsessed about our existential crises later, right? After all those chores are done. No, she doesn't bust my chops that much. We, we've, gotten to a better place with that like i've i've learned to help more instead of staring at the ceiling pondering my mortality <laughs> like, because that was, that was a problem in the past uh, sometimes we get immobilized by just feeling overwhelmed with trying to find meaning in our life um michelle says i have venus and libra lol i don't cook like a five-star chef though well you know i mean we all have different um skills and gifts and if you have an, uh, a dignified planet like that maybe you have really good um harmonization skills maybe you're a good mediator between people and, and maybe it doesn't express itself through food uh, tanya in addition to having um she doesn't have venus and libra but what she does have is a mutual uh, reception by exaltation of of uh, jupiter in cancer and well i don't know if it's mutual sorry she has two planets in exaltation she has the jupiter in cancer and the moon in taurus so the the combination of those two planets and the moon being in the fifth house has really made her an excellent chef for whatever reason and that to me that's that's where her cooking gift comes from if i'm gonna assign a planetary you know placement to it uh, Michelle says, holy crap, her food sounds epic, Michelin five-star level. It really is, Michelle. I, I, I have to admit, I'm very spoiled when it comes to the food department because if I, if, if I get an idea about something that I would love to eat, I will. She, she is also very receptive to a challenge. So I'll be like, that looks cool. <laughs> like, why don't we try to make this? This is one thing that came up with, uh, there's a, sw uh, a Swiss dish that I was really fascinated about. It was called, it's called Rosti. And it's like a, almost like a hash brown, like with 
infused with Gruyere cheese. Uh, and I was, I saw it on some Pinterest board or something. Let's try and make this. And she like made this incredible roasty. If you've ever had that for some of you Europeans out there, it's really good. Um, but, but various things like that food dares. Uh, Michelle says, I am super energized right now and lots of things going on with work. Oh, good. Well, I'm, I'm glad that hopefully there's some movement for you, Michelle, in positive directions. Julene says, that totally makes sense to me. 10th house, Saturn and Pisces, meaning is more important in my work. If it's not there, I lose passion for it. Yeah, exactly. Like that, that is a Piscean thing. If, if we don't connect to a higher purpose or we don't see a reason to do it, we're not going to just grind it out. Oftentimes the Piscean uh, intuition is just to like walk away from something, right? Uh, it's just to say, you know what? I'm, it, it's not making my spirit sore. I'm, I'm out, right? <laughs> so there's the mutability part of it. Oh, and Remco, thanks for sharing Tanya's uh, Instagram on there. Um, yeah, she's got some really good food, food pictures posted. So, so check it out in the chat, her Instagram there. Uh, Susanna says, as a cap rising, I can say that it's like, it is like you spoke about in my life right now. Oh, good. I'm glad when things are resonating with that. So, so cap rising, make sure you get enough rest. Uh, you may have some confusing thoughts around, um, your daily habits and your routines. Okay. Mercury's out of bounds may ha even have some trouble sleeping at this point because you might be getting a little bit fired up. Uh, and let let go of what needs to be let go of in that professional public sphere. Because really what it's going to do is it's going to bring you, probably going to help you to get the rest that you need eventually. Like in our case, uh, my partner has been angling for a work from home job so that, that she can have you know the Taurus moon comfort that I enjoy being able to work from home sometimes in my pajamas or not have to spend an extra couple hours getting ready and commuting and all of those things. And that would be something that we both would enjoy, I think. So, so that's something to consider cap rising as you move forward into your, your full moon. Um, and you may be working with someone uh, who you are hiring too, like the sixth house also can be people that we've hired to do a service for us. So there may be a choice that you have to make around a service provider as well, if you're thinking about it in practical terms. Oh, Susanna, thank you for the super sticker, my friend. Appreciate you. Thank you for that gift. Um, yeah, if, if any of you are uh, resonating with the work that I'm doing here today, you can uh, gift gift the channel with a little super sticker with a little dollar sign in the in the chat there. It really does go a long way to helping me do the work that I do and and helping me to invest the time that I do in these in these live streams. Okay, Aquarius rising. Let's keep going. We've got football to watch, friends. <laughs> no, or whatever. Mm -hmm. We've got we've got stuff to do, so we've got to keep moving. Okay, Aquarius rising. Now I love all the little tangents and, and discussions that we go on here. That's why I like doing it live. I think that's what's special about our group here. So here is a full moon in your fifth house, Aquarius rising. Um, the sun is lighting up your 11th house of groups. You've got Mars that just moved into the 11th house. Mercury is hanging out there out of bounds. There might be just some 
communications in that house that are out of the ordinary. Um, there could be some some desires to to communicate with the people and that you share belief systems with, uh, and some of those communications could get a little fuzzy with Mercury squared to Neptune, especially around resources. So there is the Mercury Neptune square uh, in the eleventh to the second. So there could be difficult conversations where you really need to get clear about the details between a financial relationship between you and a group that you are share beliefs with. Um, there could be a, a disconnect or a paradox or having to balance opposites between what the group wants to move forward on and how much it costs and your own personal creative vision. You may have a lot of good ideas that may be difficult to implicate, implement because of uh, a, a financial need to be, um, to have healthy boundaries around your, around your budget, okay? Um, you may also have to let go of something in your ninth house related to your beliefs, related to higher education, related to an orthodox religious system, something of that nature, or related to the legal system. Uh, and it may be something that you loved. It may be something that brought you a lot of joy in the past. But to, to bring things back into equilibrium and harmony, uh, you will have to allow that to leave the physical plane with the knowledge, friends, with the knowledge that nature abhors a vacuum, okay? Uh, if something's leaving your life and, and you know it in your heart, there's probably something on the horizon that is ready to be born, okay? And the only thing you're doing by hanging on to that old form is just blocking the new manifestation. I really do believe that. I, I, I know that we can't replace everything that we lose in our lives, especially the people in our lives. But I do feel like, especially with material things, and even some relationships that when we hang on too tightly to, to the ones that just aren't even bringing us any happiness or serving any purpose in our life, we, we are blocking ourselves from, from a different reality that we could create potentially. So keep, keep that in mind, Aquarius rising, when it's related to ninth house matters. Okay, Aquarius rising too, like you, your um, Saturn first house ruler is really challenging you to get real about your finances and about your budget, about what, everything that supports you. It could be your diet. It could be the resources that you allocate towards various things in your life. It could be like the most supportive people in your life. Second house is also, I've seen it described as your second, someone who is supporting you. Like sometimes a second can be an, a lawyer or something like that too. Uh, someone who's supporting you in a legal case. Uh, all of those things are up for Saturnian evaluation at this point. Okay. Okay. Let's keep rolling. Jolene says, uh, let's see. Yes, I did exactly that. I walked away from my 20-year healthcare consulting business after COVID. It became a void of meaning fast, right? Yeah. So, so you weren't in alignment with the way that your previous job was uh, with the belief systems around it, right? With the way that it manifested for you. And, and then when it, you weren't in alignment with the higher purpose of it, it, you had to 
to to leave, right? You had to move on. So yeah, that's a perfect Saturn in Pisces in your natal chart in the 10th house getting activated, right? Is this, are you in your second Saturn return, right, Julene? Is that, am I remembering this? Or or in a Saturn return? Sorry, I don't mean to date you, but like, uh, okay, let me see here. Michelle says, I just pursed purchased her venus and libra soap can't wait to get it so cool oh nice michelle thank you for supporting third coast mojo and tanya's work that makes me so happy that's going to make her happy too uh, she works really hard at that and um, does really great work in addition to being a great chef like she is an amazing uh, spiritual practitioner as well and those things are infused with just as much love as as the food is that you see on on her channels as well Okay, let's move on to Pisces rising. Okay, Pisces rising. Now we have another angular lunation. So this is a full moon for you over your 10th and 4th house axes. And it's making this big T-square with Saturn in the first house. We are also experiencing something leaving our life Pisces rising uh, that we may have been attached to in our eighth house, which could be related to resources we share with someone else. It could be related to an inheritance or something that happens after the completion of an event or of a life. Okay, like eighth house is everything that happens after something ends. So we, we maybe we were attached to thinking we were going to get an inheritance or something after a beloved family member passed away. But potentially, maybe something has come up where that's not the case. That's what I'm thinking. I'm creatively thinking of one example of what Venus in the, the eighth house conjoining the south node might be. What I will say about that is that oftentimes there are a lot of really difficult emotions tied up with inheritances and legacies. And in your case, the rebalancing could be through not having to have those toxic dynamics between the two of you. So that could that could be something where that's bringing you back into equilibrium. It could be also that you're you might be losing a source of income from someone else, uh, but there might have been difficult obligations or ties, ties strings attached. Right. Um, oh, thank you, Sheila, for the super sticker, friend. Thank you for that gift. I appreciate you. Uh, hope that you're getting value out of the out of the show today. Let me know your rising sign and if you have any interesting placements. Yeah, Julene says it's her second Saturn return. <laughs> well, Julene, you're staying young. You you know you're you're doing good down there in the desert, right? I mean that'll keep you young. Like so, just stay out of the sun too much and wear your sunscreen or or whatever you do to keep the sun off of you too much. A little bit is good. Too much not so good. But uh, yeah stay hydrated friend <laughs> so all right so pisces rising after we've examined that uh venus in the eighth house conjoining the south node this could be something where you're focusing a lot on your career where the spotlight is really on the career and your public persona but you are having to balance out a lot of responsibilities with your family or with your home or with your domestic situation could be a lot of things that are pulling you in a lot of different directions uh, that are making it a little bit more difficult to focus on your professional life, and that could be a little bit frustrating. You're also being challenged to uh, 
to slow down in your personal life as far as like your body and as far as your health um, and get realistic about your dreams and how you find meaning in life. Saturn in the first house isn't always a fun transit, Pisces rising or anybody. Oftentimes it can feel very heavy, like we have a lot of responsibilities or like part of us is is dying, right? Saturn is, is a planet associated with completions. So there may be some things ending around our character, our personality. Uh, maybe we're getting to a different phase of life where our energy levels are changing or our visions are changing. We may be walking away from something that was important to us personally, but also concretizing something that has been a long-held, cherished dream. One of the things that is ironic about a dream is that when it ceases to become a dream and become reality, it often requires a lot of work. <laughs> the fun part is the dreaming. Oftentimes the reality behind it is where we really are feeling the weight of that dream. Um, I can speak to this with like, you know, home ownership. I know that I'm very fortunate to like be a homeowner, but there are also a ton of responsibilities that come along with it that are burdens that I didn't have when I wasn't. So there, there are always trade-offs when you have a dream become a reality. And sometimes the trade-offs are worth it. Other times they aren't. Like I've been talking to a friend of mine who's looking to purchase a home and it will be his first home. He's been very idealistic about it. He's he's a really cool dude, and he's a, he's an Aries son, and really he just gets really enthusiastic. But uh, I've been warning him, and everyone else in his life is warning him to stay within his limit in his budget so that he doesn't become quote unquote house poor, which is really good advice because being house poor is is where you get into a house that you can't really afford, and and there's a lot of stress involved in that. And it's not a great place to be like so. So this could be something too, Pisces rising where you're having to understand your personal limits. Okay. Um, be very careful about your communication over the course of this next week, because some of the details coming to you from either an authority figure or a boss or from your, your job could be a little fuzzy. You could be feeling the weight of your responsibilities at work, and that could make you feel maybe even like a little bit like a martyr for your job at this point because of the energy of Pisces 3, and our, our emotions can swing really wildly when we have placements in that decan. So get clear about all of the, the, uh, the responsibilities that you have. See if you can delegate some of them, and try to um, move forward with creating the healthy routines that you need to be able to manage the reality of your dream. Jupiter is in your third house in Taurus, and it says, can you consistently show up every day, day to day to day to day to day, and do just the right amount of work for that day, and then learn how to relax and play when the time is necessary. Keep in mind, Pisces rising, that Jupiter is going to station direct on December the 30th. So you've got another month to hang in there while you're reviewing all of your kind of material routines. And then you might be able to hit the ground running when when December, end of December rolls around. You might start to find that you've incorporated all of those lessons of the retrograde. Okay. 
Scout says, welcome, Scout. Nice to see you. Pisces rising here with seven degree ascendant. Uh, says this Saturn has been going back and forth on, oh boy, yes, that's Saturn. It's been going back and forth on your ascendant. That's got to be a lot. Um, and tell me, Scout, if any of these themes that we're talking about with Pisces rising have been resonating. If there's, you know, if there's any stories that you'd like to share about how you've been going through this and if there's any tensions between work and in your domestic life and if it's if it, there's responsibilities and changes in your that are initiating with your character and um and how are you changing your routines to to meet those responsibilities those are those are questions to ask for sure okay let's keep going let's keep on trucking so we're going to go up to aries rising so Aries rising. Aries rising has a full moon in the third house with the sun, Mars, and Mercury in the ninth house. And all of that is squaring Saturn in the twelfth. And we have Venus hitting the south node in the seventh house. So Aries rising, uh, you just had a dignity shift where your planet that rules your first house just moved from Scorpio into Sagittarius. So a lot of the focus was probably on having to potentially sever and separate from uh, a, a relationship where you shared resources with someone else, like a, a divorce or something like that. And a divorce doesn't have to be in our primary relationship. It can be in a business relationship. It could be anything like that. Um, and now that energy has been liberated to find a new sense of purpose. Oftentimes when one relationship ends, we realize that, that it was sucking up a lot of our time and energy, and now that energy is liberated for something else. And that can feel good, you know, that could be a good feeling. Now, now the Sun and Mars and Mercury, though, are putting a lot of attention on your belief system. So once after we have let go, we might be feeling like, okay, now what? What do we believe in? Maybe there is a new course of study that you want to get involved in. Maybe there's some traveling you want to do. Maybe there is a, a religious organization you want to put more time into. This could be part of that. And there may also be questions, okay, because the moon in Gemini often asks a lot of questions about how to organize your day-to-day -day routines, habits, uh, you know, there may also be some challenges with a sibling or an extended family member as well, where there's a lot of options happening. Now, all of this is being squared by Saturn in your 12th house, okay, where there is a, uh, Saturn is, does okay in the 12th house. It, it is said to joy there. Um, now, that can mean different things for different people, depending on your specific chart. When a planet joys in a chart where it is dignified and is of the sect in favor, uh, especially if it's a malefic, sometimes you can benefit from difficult circumstances. So like if you, let's say you had a dignified Saturn in a, in a day chart in the 12th house, you might really enjoy your solitude. Okay. Like I know I have a friend who lives in Newfoundland, an astrologer friend who has Saturn and Libra in the 12th house and they live off the grid and seem to be flourishing in that environment. 
Um, I, yeah, I have another friend who has Saturn in had some really dignified planets in the 12th house who was another off-grid person. Like It's really interesting to see how that has worked out for them. Um, but if you don't have a super dignified Saturn and you may experience the isolation as a challenge, right? Maybe there's something where you're having difficulty engaging with uh, society or something like that or engaging with, with people. And that could be something where maybe after the relationship has changed, there could be challenges as far as re-engaging with your local community as well, which is often what the third house represents as well. Like the people that you share in a local environment with. And when Saturn's in an overcoming square to the moon, there could be a little bit of like tension between wanting to, to have your privacy or maybe being afraid of, of engaging with your local environment as well or your local community. So, so hang in there with that Aries rising. Um, there may be something that you're letting go of in a relationship, okay, where, uh, where you're seeing Venus conjoining the south node in your seventh house, but that's going to bring some rebalancing. Like if we talked about our sun sign type of energy with Aries, uh, my, my, so my Aries friend who's, who's in the housing market was living with their elderly mom who wanted to sell their house and move into a condo so this is encouraging him to to uh accelerate his home search and he feels pressure with that right so he is seeing even though he's not an aries rising but this could be what an aries sun could also be experiencing he is seeing the reduction of the venus and the south node in his seventh house where he was in a in a unified partnership with his mom and living there and, and things of that nature so you can see it play out in, in many different ways. So hang in there. Um, oftentimes when we are very heavily influenced by Mars, especially when Mars is, you know, in a fire sign like this, we want to really move forward with great speed, but we will have to slow down a little bit and slow our roll because of the square with Saturn. And that's okay because really there is more information that is needed that we will probably get when Mercury retrogrades in Capricorn uh, towards the middle and end of December. So this is something else just to keep in mind. Every single person rising sign here is we're, we have more information that's going to be coming to us that we don't necessarily understand yet. And that's just life, right? Like sometimes we just don't have all of the pieces of the puzzle and we just have to be patient. Okay, so there's Aries rising. I will say, all of you Aries risings, one of the things I've been talking about with my Aries risings and Aries placement friends is, yes, you've had some really difficult eclipses, you know, with things on the south node, north node, etc. But if you are an Aries type who has lost a relationship or a partnership of some sort, you have a really big eclipse coming uh, in the spring at 19 degrees of Aries uh, where the, on the North Node. So you could really start to feel some sense of personal empowerment and personal sovereignty in the springtime if you can just hang in there through the winter, okay? Because there are things being removed from your life that are really important for you to be able to individuate, okay? And I know that that's an important part of the Aries mission, whether 
we acknowledge it or not, you're going to feel really good when that empowerment comes to you. Jocelyn says, sixth house, pets. I'm going to have help to help my disabled elder bunny by putting her to sleep. Oh no, Jocelyn. Um, what's your rising sign, Jocelyn? I, and I think you said earlier, but maybe you could tell me again. Oh, cap rising. So, right. So you have the, the moon becoming full in the sixth house. Oh, that's a bummer, Jocelyn. I, I, I am a, a lover of animals and I love my kitties and they are very special to me as far as family members and they are part of my family and anytime we have to let go of a of a cherished animal companion it's it's very painful and i'm sorry jocelyn i hope that you'll find some peace eventually in your your little your little bunny will probably be released from their suffering right now and um yeah and hopefully you'll find a new buddy when you're ready i've got to get my cat to the to the vet too they have a tooth issue my cats need their teeth cleaned really bad and one of them has a challenging issue with one of their teeth that is they've had some weird tooth reabsorption issues like apparently this is something that happens with cats maybe dogs too that they aren't quite sure how that happens it's a little concerning they may have one of my cats may have to have a tooth pulled pretty soon so another factor to consider Okay, Taurus rising. Oh, Taurus rising. You will have an eighth house uh, and second house lunation. So full moon in the second house. A focus on the eighth with Mars, the sun, and Mercury in the eighth. Uh, there was also a square happening to Saturn in your 11th house. Big T-square there. And your ascendant ruler, Venus, is hitting the south node in the sixth house. So Taurus rising, uh, there could be a focus on potentially severing from a, a, a relationship that, that you shared resources around. Uh, there could be, um, you know, you, you are wanting to move forward with a partnership, but there could be some challenges with Mars hitting Saturn and Mercury hitting Neptune, squaring Neptune there. There could be some confusing communications about with uh, someone that you are in a, a group with or something like that, where uh, there could be uh, a, a need to delegate responsibilities. Uh, there could be a need to get clarification about details. Um, Saturn is in your 11th house too, so there could be some some difficult truths that are coming to light around a group or around something that you share a belief system around uh, and you have to determine whether it's in alignment with your beliefs or not. Um, there could also be a lot of options that you're exploring with your own budget or your own resources and whether it is in alignment with the resources that you share with another person. Oftentimes we are you know, needing to have difficult discussions about how we spend our money with our partners or something like that and we have to explore the options. Uh, Venus in the sixth house, there could be uh, a letting go of uh, maybe a, a teacher or someone that you worked with 
or something where you are uh, some somebody who worked for you as well. It could be like a, a practitioner that you worked with, or it could be someone you've hired to do a service for you. And there could be uh, something that once brought you joy, but now you need to let go of it to be able to bring balance back to your life. Um, so that could be the Venus in the sixth house kind of challenge. Uh, this could also be related to pets too, potentially with a sixth house issue with maybe, I don't know, Scout or Jocelyn, sorry. I know that you're a cap rising, but I wonder if you have a Taurus sun. Because that this could be kind of our theory where we're looking at rising sign as sun sign, maybe let having to let go of a cherished pet. That would be interesting if you were a Taurus sun, but neither here nor there. Um, so this could be a, a, a particularly painful one if you're a Taurus rising because it is your it is your ascendant ruler could affect you very personally. Um, but keep this in mind, Taurus rising. Jupiter is going to be stationing direct in about a month in your first house and there's probably going to be some movement and expansion that happens for you into 2024 uh, that could lead to some really positive things jupiter is going to be conjoining uranus uh, in the spring which is really positive for for maybe even unexpected advances or something of that nature and that could lead to some really positive outcomes long term and by letting go of the the old energy that was stuck or that wasn't wasn't balanced uh, that will help you to find new relationships and situations that can potentially be fruitful moving forward all right so that's taurus rising let's go over to gemini rising and here we have another angular lunation so this is happening in your first house gemini rising first house seventh house axes we've got a t-square with saturn in the 10th we have venus conjoining the south node in your fifth house and a mercury neptune square over the seventh and the 10th as well so a lot of focus on your relationships gemini rising uh, a lot of focus on you know wanting to make a new start or to to have movement in your relationship but potentially some some confusing uh, communication regarding your partner and either your own work or the work that they do. Uh, you might not have all the details around a job partnership. There could be some pressure in your career right now that is making it you feel a little bit extra emotional and, and causing you to want to explore your options. Um, oftentimes, Gemini rising, like other Gemini placements, when things get challenging in their life, like just like we saw with Pisces, sometimes Pisces says, I'm just going to escape into my imagination or, or I'm going to just take off. You know, what Gemini will start to do is if something's not working for them, they will start to get new ideas about different paths that they can explore. And they may not necessarily act on it, but the idea is very attractive. Uh, so, so there may be things where this lunation is causing you to, to think about different paths that you could uh, explore personally because of some challenging energy in your partnerships right now. And the square with Mars and Saturn, and it may be related to a work issue or a work partnership. Now, the Venus part of this equation is seeing that there may be 
I don't know. This could be some heartbreak for for Gemini rising right now, potentially, with like Venus and the conjoining the South Node in the fifth house. Something that brought you pleasure or joy or romance, or maybe there's something a relationship with a child that you're having to let go of, uh, or maybe the relationship is changing. I know that you know when my daughter moved out and went to college, our relationship changed quite a bit, and there's always like. Uh, a, a time period where you are adjusting to the new relationship with an adult rather than with a child. So that could be part of this too. Um, but recognize that this is whatever is we're letting go of. It's, it's time had come and maybe there was something that was out of balance and out of equilibrium that through letting go, we are restoring balance to our lives. Um, your ascendant ruler is Mercury. So Mercury is going to be hanging out in that third decan of Sagittarius, where a lot of your focus is probably at this full moon is the, the burdens, the, the weight of the burdens that you're carrying, especially in a relationship. And it could be making you feel like you're a martyr in a career position or something like that with the square to Neptune. Keep in mind, too, that Mercury is also out of bounds. So you, you could be having very difficult conversations with a partner in your life that could easily escalate into acting out of character. So, so make sure that in your communications with people, in your relationship in particular, that especially with Mars there too, um, and Mars is going to be you know, moving out of bounds uh, in your seventh and eighth house there, uh, that, that if you're having conversations with, with people in your life that are important to you, that, that you try to hear both sides of something before you know making a judgment um, so that you can because usually you're really good at that usually Gemini placements are really good at seeing uh, something from someone else's perspective but with Mercury and Sagittarius it could be really focused on our own belief system to the detriment of being able to to listen to someone else's so so that could be something to, to watch out for Gemini rising uh, and also consider that once Mercury moves into Capricorn, there's going to be a lot of focus on your shared resources, but Mercury is going to retrograde in your eighth house, which could lead to a reevaluation of the resources that you share with someone else. So whatever conflict that you're going through now, if it becomes like a monetary issue, uh, it may have to be revisited at the end of December. Okay. So let's keep going. We're going to get there. We're going to get to Cancer Rising. Cancer Rising has a full moon in their 12th with the Sun, Mars, and Mercury in the 6th house. There is a square to Saturn in the 9th house. And Mercury is squaring Neptune from the 6th to the 9th. And Venus is conjoining the south node in your fourth house. So we could be having a big spotlight put on the burdens that you are carrying and the work that you are doing. Maybe there's a health challenge that you're dealing with, cancer rising. Uh, there could be a work issue where you're trying to find peace uh, and you may be feeling a little overwhelmed. 
I have some cancer rising friends that are doing a lot of hard work right now and probably wishing they could relax a little bit and that could be pro providing some tension. Um, there may be a lot of uh, thoughts about uh, dealing with the the secret enemies in your life or the, the things that undermine our confidence. And uh, you may be doing some work right now, Cancer Rising, that you're not getting a lot of credit for that's just drudgery. And you might be wanting to explore how to get more rest and solitude around this period of time. But Saturn in the ninth house is saying, well, there may be a, either a legal issue or like a higher education or a belief system issue that is kind of making it difficult to get that rest that you need. There is a, that south node Venus conjunction in your fourth house could be having to let go of something that was important to you in your family or in your, in your home environment or in your roots. And, uh, but the, the letting go of that is going to help bring some balance into your life and will help free up energy that can be repurposed in another direction. Just be careful with your communication, especially with like practitioners in your life, like doctors and lawyers and things of that nature, because there is a square between Mercury and Neptune from your sixth to your ninth house. And that can lead to some confusing communication with people like that or people that you have uh, to deal with in like a legal fashion. Um, the moon is your, is your ascendant ruler. So this could be something where you're just feeling pretty burnt out at this full moon because the moon is going to be hanging out in your 12th house. And what I would say is try not to to let your the all of the different responsibilities that you're trying to manage right now burn out your nervous system. Um, it's really important for you to take take the time out and like maybe take a good bath or something like that, and and maybe let that stress go in a in some water or something of that nature, or spend some time by a lake or a river. That can always that always makes me feel better as a Cancerian. I always have a running joke in my family where I'm like, you know what I just realized, and this is after I've spent time near a lake or a river or the oceans. I want to live by water. You know, that's it, it, it got to the point where I said it so often when we were driving around that um, my family would just kind of be like, oh, what is it? You want to live by water? <laughs> like, uh, it's still true. I think that would bring me some peace and some joy eventually. Okay. Catherine Lynn says, sun has cancer rising. Spot on, Spencer. Oh, good. Good, Catherine Lynn. I'm glad that we're hitting hitting the the nail on the head here for sure. Just uh, encourage your son to take some time out, especially if there's a you know if he's working too hard right now. Cancer Risings they have been pushed pretty hard lately, and uh, everyone needs rest. But us cancers especially need to be able to have some good rest. Okay, so Leo Rising. Here we are, Leos. We made it. So Leo Rising has a Sag Stellium stack up. Say that 10 times fast. Sag Stellium stack up in the fifth house. Uh, opposing the moon in the 11th house and squaring Saturn in the eighth. Um, there is a reduction of Venusian energy in the third house. 
with Venus conjoining the south node. I already shared a little anecdote about having to release my vehicle pretty soon here, like because of an accident. And But that releasing of that thing that I loved and that was sentimental will lead to a rebalancing of my energy and hopefully harmonize my budget and all of these things. Oh, thank you, Julene, for the super sticker. What a generous gift. Thank you. Appreciate you. And I love the little turkey there. Um, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll get, we'll get through this so that we can go watch the, the dolphins and the jets, right? <laughs> like, I appreciate the super sticker. Yeah. For any of you who are interested in supporting the channel, there's a little dollar sign in the chat that really goes a long way to, to supporting the work that I do here. So thank you so much for your generosity today, friends. Okay. So Leo rising, your ruler is the sun uh, of the first house. So probably maybe even a, a hopefully a little bit of a lightening of your heart after going through the 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 dark waters of scorpio with the fourth house and sometimes that can feel a little bit challenging where you've had to let go of some stuff recently um and usually sagittarius season is as a is sort of a boost for leo risings the challenge with this year is that you know you've got mars hitting Saturn and squaring it and Mercury's out of bounds there. So there may be some, some difficult conversations that you have to have about ways that you seek pleasure or ways that you bring entertainment and how that's affecting your shared resources with another person. You may also have some tension between your personal desires and the desires of a group that you're a part of. So that could be something where something comes to light around that, where there's a lot of options that you have within the group. Um, and you may be just having to let go of, of, you know, a, a re relationships that are, it could be a friend relationship too. There could be something where a friendship has, 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 uh, been, has outlived its time or it's kind of, uh, uh, it may be something that brought you joy in the past, but now it, it's out of harmony or out of equilibrium. And that could be a little bit painful too, um, but keep in mind, you've got Jupiter that's going to be stationing direct at the end of December, Leo rising. So if, if you've been feeling like your career has been a little stagnated, uh, this is just a great time to make plans and to make sure that you're tying up your loose ends so that at the end of December and into 2024, you can expand your career the way that you want to. This is a great time to brainstorm new ideas and maybe think about how you can create abundance in your life through planning. Um, you got to get real with your your partnership and your the shared resources and make wise decisions around that. Be careful about your communication, either with a a, a child too. It could be like they're confusing details about with your with your kids or something like that. So make sure that you're not getting crossed wires or confusion around your communication, especially with when it comes to shared resources. Okay, all right. Let's keep going. We got a football game to watch, friends. I love spending time with you, though, so it's a worthy sacrifice. So, Virgo rising. This is our, I believe, our last uh, angular lunation, where we are going to see a T square between the, the fourth and the tenth house, and Saturn in the seventh. So we've got a full moon in your 10th house, something coming to light in your public sphere, maybe related to a job, 
you've got a lot of buildup in your fourth house uh, of Sagittarius, where you could be experiencing a focal point on your on your home life. You may be having some confusing conversations with a partner around your family, around your home, around your where you live or your roots. You could also be experiencing a little bit of a power outage with your budget or with something that you uh, maybe you're losing some income or something like that, but or a job that brought you some resources. But this is a, ba- a rebalancing. This could help you to rebalance your life. Oftentimes, Virgo rising is just like all the other, you know, earth placements will take on too many burdens. And maybe through reducing your budget or reducing your expenses, that will free up more time for you to do the things that you're passionate about and learn new things and work on projects that are important to you rather than just having to grind away to afford things in your life that really, really aren't bringing you joy. Okay. So, this could also be some tension between your family and a partner or your home and a partner. And like there's some reality checks that are happening with partnerships with Saturn there as well. And that can be a little bit confusing and challenging. Virgos, you know, Virgo suns, Virgo everythings, Virgo risings. This this Saturn and Pisces, Neptune and Pisces phase is not super fun with the oppositions that you're experiencing with that. Oftentimes, Virgos want to have a plan, and they often will like to work methodically towards their chosen goal. Saturn in Pisces is saying, you got to release the, the, the specific plan and surrender to the divine's plan. And that is not always fun, right? That is not fun for Virgos, at least. Virgos want to be able to move under their own uh, acumen, their own skill. And when they're blocked from doing so through circumstances outside of their control, it can be very frustrating. So there's probably some circumstance that's outside of your control right now, Virgo, Virgo rising and Virgo placements that is through a relationship that's making, you have to make a lot of tough choices in a job in particular, and maybe even having to sacrifice some income to be able to just free you up to do what you need to do. So hang in there. Uh, You are also being ruled by a Mercury out of bounds in its exile in the third decade of Sagittarius. So you could be feeling a lot, the weight of your responsibilities in your home life. And maybe that's another reason to reduce your workload too, is because you are taking on a lot of burdens with your family, you just have to reduce your outer expression, right? Your the work that you do for other people all the time. So delegate, 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 okay? Maybe if there's an issue with a family member, delegate responsibility to another family member, even though they may not do things the way that you want them done. I've, I've seen this. Like, like let's say I have a sick parent and you are the oldest and you have to take care of mom or dad in a specific way. You have to make sure they have their pills and you have to make sure that they're doing this and they get they get this amount of exercise and they all etc cetera, etc cetera. and the younger siblings offering to take some of that burden off of your plate but you don't trust them this is just an example this is just me imagining a scenario uh that could you might be better served allowing someone to help you right and trusting that 
they'll get what they need. Even if it's not done exactly the way that you might have done it, it will allow you to be better and more helpful in the long run. Make sense? Okay. Uh, Catherine says, Leo Ascendant, glad to say goodbye to Scorpio season. Yeah, I am too. Scorpio season was pretty tough this year, I will admit, especially with the oppositions to Uranus. Uh, not a super fun Scorpio season with, with Mars opposite Uranus, Sun opposite Uranus, etc. Um, Sag season still has some challenges for sure with the squares to Saturn and Neptune, but uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll be able to get through it. Michelle says, I'm a Virgo sun and four planet stellium. Any, anything like that resonating, Michelle? Like with the, with the uh, delineation of Virgo rising? Like does it, is it anything coming up with Virgo sun? Because that's our theory here, that we'll, we'll see some truth when we're analyzing both a sun sign chart with the sun on the ascendant and the rising sign. I have found that to be true in my own experience. Okay, Libra rising. Got two more to go here. Libra rising has a full moon in the ninth, opposing the Sagittarius stellium in the third house. There is a square to Saturn in the sixth. We are potentially losing something important to us related to our own character, our own body. Um, but by letting go, we will restore harmony and equilibrium. You are ruled by Venus, so this one is pretty important if you're a Libra rising or a Libra sun or a Libra anything. Uh, this could feel like uh, something you are attached to is leaving your life. But again, when we come into alignment with the Tao and the divine plan, can't hang on too tightly to, to stuff. You have to think about your life as water in your hand, you know. You're, it's going to slip through your fingers, and if you try to hang on to it too much, you're just it's impossible to do so. Okay? But this could be a full moon that is related to uh, coming to a decision about either higher education, a belief system. Um, it could be something where you are exploring your options when it comes to long-distance travel, the religious organization that you're part of, um, spirituality. You may have a lot of focus on the house related to your daily habits and routines, but also to extended family members and neighbors. It could be challenging communication between you and a sibling or a neighbor or someone who's on the periphery of your life with Mercury squaring Neptune to the sixth house. There could also be just a lot of work that you have to do that you're just like, I'm tired of doing this work and not getting any benefit or credit for it with Saturn in your sixth house. And you may decide to walk away from it. You may decide to walk away from uh, the work that you were doing for, the, for your own mental, emotional, physical health. And that might actually help you to, to move forward. You might have to let go of a relationship that was important to you, but that will free you up to, to make a new start, especially around that eclipse, okay? Like, so with Libra risings, Aries risings, these eclipses become much more uh, poignant for you. Um, so, so try to 
dig deep for all of your diplomatic skills. If you have to leave a job or, or a partnership or a relationship, try to do so with your integrity intact. Um, you don't have to make a big show about it. You can just kind of slip away and, and keep your, your grace and your integrity intact, um, your dignity. I think that that's a good, that's a good, that's good advice for any of these challenging, you know, things, especially with mercury and whatnot is we don't always have to make a big show of a challenge. We can kind of just say, let bygones be bygones and say, you know what, you, you, you have your view of, of a situation and I have mine and, and we are free, both free to go in the directions that are meaningful to us. And that's a great way to resolve conflict too. Okay. Michelle says, some parallels for sure. Aging parent responsibilities and work changes. Okay, this Michelle's talking about Virgo rising and, and uh, having it relate to a Virgo sun experience too. Yeah, interesting, right? Okay, let's finish this up with Scorpio risings. You've been so patient, Scorpio risings. Thank you for your, your patience here today. So Scorpio rising has this Sagittarius stellium. In the second house, opposing the moon in the eighth house with a square to Saturn in the fifth. So some changes for you, Scorpio rising after a, maybe somewhat of an active Scorpio season, having all those planets move through there, including Mars, the sun and Mercury recently, and having all of that oppose Uranus in your seventh house. So. Maybe some shakeups in your relationships, some shocking events that may have happened. Maybe you surprised yourself through through some of these events. And now that there's a big focus on uh, your personal sovereignty, taking care of yourself, your budget, how you support yourself, it, you, there could be something that's coming to light around resources of a partner where you have a lot of different options of where you could go with that direction and who is responsible for what or what happens after uh, a, a completion of some sort, like an inheritance or something like that. There could also be some, some sobering moments uh, in this lunation because of the square to Saturn in your fifth house. There could be something that where you're leaving behind something that brought you pleasure in the past. And this could be, uh, uh, could be painful. Uh, it could also be liberating. But you may, it may cause you to slow down. There may be also a challenge with a child or a, someone who you are supporting where there's a financial issue between you and that child or something like that. I'm thinking about like there's something that your kid needs and, and it's very expensive and, it, and you're thinking a lot about whether you should, you know, I don't know, pay for their car or something like that. I don't know. There's, something like that could be coming up. Just be very careful in your communication when it comes to your resources and be very clear about the details of the situation with Mercury squaring Neptune. There also may be something where you're having um, maybe a peaceful parting with, with a, an undermining influence or a secret enemy or something like that. Uh, this is the other thing with, with Venus conjoining the South Node. I, I think that the, if wherever we're releasing... Venus is kind of helping with that. It's it's making it a harmonious, you know, severing. It's not like Mars where it could be explosive or or Saturn where it could feel really heavy and depressing. 
yes, we, we, we are losing maybe something that we held in high regard or esteem, but maybe Venus is helping to smooth that releasing process out. So this could be something where you're uh, having to let go of some of your solitude, even potentially Scorpio rising and, and having to maybe increase the involvement with like the work that you do. Maybe you have to learn like to grind a little bit, you know, with the North node in the sixth house and work a little bit harder to get where you want to be. If you want to achieve the goals that you have for yourself. Okay. Um, and try not to get too frustrated with, your ascendant ruler Mars hitting right in smack into Saturn. It's temporary. You have to slow down a little bit, yes, but eventually they will separate. And eventually you'll have a really empowered Mars that's going to emerge from the beams in Capricorn in your third house in the beginning of January. So if you're feeling frustration now, you probably will have some movement in January that will feel really positive and really powerful for you. Okay. Tracy says, hold on, I'm seeing if I missed anything. Sheila M is here. Nice to see you. Sheila, right on in so many ways. Appreciate your time and expertise. On to football. Yes, Sheila, let's go watch some football. Tracy says, I am a Libra rising, starting a new job and possibly leaving a lot behind in complementary therapy work and belief systems. It's a mixed thing. It's a mix. It's spiritual beliefs that may not all be beneficial. Yeah, right? So so being able to move on um, and leave behind, uh, let's see, I'm just thinking about that real quick here. So, right, so this was a ninth house issue, right? Um, spiritual beliefs and seeing some uh, therapy work could be like a therapist that you are working with and, and having to let go of that with Saturn in the sixth house, like releasing a relationship with a practitioner you were working with. So that fits for sure. Okay, friends, we've gotten to the end of the rising sign explorations. Got a couple more things before we go. Uh, thank you so much for being here for today. Thank you for all the gifts that you've given to the channel today. Uh, intellectually, materially, with just your presence. I, I love it. Excited that you're here with me today. Let's look at both the I Ching and the animal. So the I Ching that I got for the essence of the full moon in Gemini was number 26, which is translating to great accumulation, uh, great storing up, preparation, gathering knowledge, cultivating your abilities. So this is something where we might not necessarily be, be, be taking action, but we're preparing ourselves through getting more information. So this is interesting to me. The, the, the changing line is number four. It says a horn guard for a young bull supreme good fortune so a horn guard is something that you attach to like a young bull's forehead to to kind of uh make sure that it doesn't harm you right so this is something where we're kind of nipping problems in the bud where we are through our planning and thinking ahead we're making sure that we're not getting in situations that could be difficult for us um, we're anticipating difficulties we're saying, okay, this could go wrong. So what, how, what are we going to do to prepare for this? So it's all, a little bit about restraint, right? And this is part of Saturn's energy is that energy of restraint and being able to deal with a problem while it's still minor rather than before it gets out of hand. So oftentimes the I Ching is teaching us to, to build our energy and to prepare for the future, even if we can't take action in the present. And that is something that we learn as we deal with manifestation energy is that 
it's not always the right time to move forward. Sometimes it's time to gather uh, resources to be patient until the moment is right, the Kairos moment, the exact moment when we can move forward. Okay, and it's moving to hexagram number 14, which translates to uh, great possession, uh, personal sovereignty, being able to move under your own power. So if you are thinking about ways to like increase your personal sovereignty, your own empowerment, this is a great time to just explore, to be patient with the process, and to make sure you think about uh, where you are directing your energy before you take action on it. And you can make a better decision, and it could lead to you feeling empowered in the future. Okay? So finally, I have an animal for you. And uh, thank you, Remco, for putting in the chat there to visit the store because this is the, uh, the weekend for 50% off all of my deck-in webinars, the Stars and Cards webinars. Every single recording that I've put up on my website uh, at the store is 50% off until Monday. So please take advantage of that if you've been waiting for the right moment to, to, to purchase those webinars or to support my work. That's a great, this is a great time to do so. Um, and keep in mind too, my partner Tanya Andrews has 20% off all of her goods in her Etsy shop, Third Coast Mojo. So if you need some astrological remediations, if you need some Mercury or Jupiter soap or oils, or uh, she's got things for every single planet in there. So, so check it out and uh, it, can, it can help you through some of these challenging times. So the animal I got for you this week for, for this lunation is the hedgehog. So I remember a few weeks ago, we had a, a, a uh, British friend, I believe that was Tracy, was talking about hedgehogs. I'm like, do you have hedgehogs in there in Michigan? And I was like, no, we don't. That would be amazing if we did because they're super cute and it would be lovely if they were here. But um, nope, just they're just pets here in America. But hedgehog is all about uh, self-protection and curiosity. They're very curious creatures. Okay, so they are are able to protect themselves with their little quills and being able to roll up in a ball. So we have to make sure that we're setting healthy boundaries in our life. That might be part of the Saturn story. But the curiosity of Gemini, right? Being able to explore and have a little bit of fun. Um, this is something that we can do with hedgehog as well. Hedgehogs are fairly solitary. So this is something where we need to make sure that we're not necessarily isolating ourselves too much out of, out of fear of connecting with others. Um, and, and we also may have to make sure that we're setting healthy boundaries and people aren't asking too much of us. Oftentimes we get into relationships and we're trying to figure out how to have even exchanges of energy with one another. And oftentimes those relationships can get a little bit out of balance and we have to do the good work of reestablishing harmony and equilibrium. Hedgehogs are great at eating insects and snails and earthworms and things that we would normally consider pests potentially in the garden. Um, so this can be an animal to look to if you have like, if you need pest control in your life, or if you need something that will help get rid of some either annoying person, habit, uh, situation, experience, or something of that. So so it's a warning to be careful about people who might try to take advantage of your, of your good nature or your generosity, or may try to manipulate you into... Um, doing what they want that may be at your detriment so this is the thing you're not gonna we're not always going to be uh everyone's cup of tea and sometimes when you start to realize that a relationship has become toxic or if it isn't working for you anymore 
sometimes we just have to move on and we can do that with grace and hopefully uh, in a way that will allow us to keep our integrity intact and allow the other person to have their integrity intact and and allow each party to save face too. So that's important too. So we have to understand if we're being too defensive in relationships or if we're being mistrustful. But again, uh, to clear up the misunderstandings of Mercury squaring Neptune, sometimes we just have to ask questions and we really have to be clear because it can this this can happen a lot with Mercury out of bounds in Sagittarius. And when we have contacts with Neptune, it's very easy to misunderstand someone's intentions. And we can, uh, sometimes we can take it really personally and that can lead to uh, some difficulties in our relationship. So ask questions. Don't, don't assume that, some, that you understand where the other person is coming from if you're going through something like that too, because that can lead to much better outcomes moving forward. Okay, I love the little hedgehogs that we have popping up in the chat, little cute little icons we have there. Yeah, Tracy says, it was me with three hedgehogs, and Remco's got a hedgehog. Catherine says, I'm from Battle Creek, Michigan. Oh, nice, I've never seen a hedgehog. Yeah, I've, I've never seen a hedgehog in Michigan. I don't think they exist here. Uh, yeah, Tracy says, that's me being too solitary, right? So maybe this is encouraging us to re-engage with our communities as well with Gemini and, and reaching out and, and hearing other people's perspectives that could really help. Yes, Cookerzilla says, hey, Spencer, any advice for my seventh house Geminis? Well, Cooker, uh, we talked about that a little bit earlier with Sag rising, um, but... If I'm just remembering off the top of my head, friend, uh, keep in mind that you're probably having a lot of pressure with your um, with your family or with your domestic situation, and try not to let that create too many problems with your partnerships. So uh, explore, but also make sure that you're getting clear communication between you and the people that are important in your family, especially with the, the Mercury-Neptune square over your first and your fourth house, okay? So ask a lot of good questions, have a lot of clarifying conversations, hopefully, and uh, recognize that there's probably going to be something that you're reducing in your 11th house of groups, maybe a, a friend or a friend group that you may have to let go of as well. So that's the Reader's Digest version. We spent more time on it earlier, but it's good to see you, friend, and hope you're doing well. All right, my friends, it's football o'clock. Thank you so much for joining me on this beautiful Friday afternoon. Thank you so much for your generosity with the super chats and the super stickers. Thank you. It's such a gift to the channel, and I really appreciate all of you. Again, all of my webinars are 50% off until Monday. If you want to check that out, if you, want, if you like what you hear here, I go in much more depth in each of those webinars, and all of the information is consolidated so that you can learn about the Deccans, the Tarot, the Fixed Stars, Mythology, etc. And my partner has 20% off on Etsy as well at Third Coast Mojo. So that's what I've got for you today. So remember, 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 during these periods, try to be kind to one another, try to be kind to yourself, um, try to listen to where someone else is coming from, and that can lead you to better outcomes moving forward. So that is what I've got for you today. Enjoy the rest of your day, the rest of your weekend, and I will see you here again next week. And enjoy the rest of your holiday weekend, friends. Peace. Take care.